Welcome to another episode of the Last of the Action Heroes podcast, part of the flagship of the Last of the Action Heroes podcast network. I am Ryan. I am the host of the Rocky and the Rambo series podcast we do on the network. And with me today, returning, I'm not even going to say it's not a guest co-host because you're just returning co-host of this podcast. Jack, how you doing? Ryan, how are you? Good to hear from you. I'm, I'm coming through okay, am I? Yes, you. Yes, you are. Oh, You're saying, I'm, I'm so happy. I have so many important things to say, and I don't want anyone to miss it. No, this is fantastic. This is a big episode. We're very excited about this. And uh, Jack, of course, does the Drunk Bond podcast on our network, which is an amazing podcast. I'm telling you, you don't even have to like James Bond to enjoy your podcast. It's so, you do such a great job of that podcast. You do a better job selling that show than I do. It's a smash hit. Everyone's talking about it. <laughs> wow. Where are we at regarding? future bond stars who, who's who's doing it do we have a anyone cast yet like time is running out here time dude time doesn't matter to these people it's like years ryan they wrapped the movie in late 2019 it's done so it's we're late 2023 and they're like we haven't even started a that's casting crazy. or director it's like is this the biggest break since the sean connery days is this the biggest break between films between dalton and bros and there was a lot of legal stuff so that was 89 to 95. But Ooh, I mean, okay. Spectre to No Time to Die was six years. Was it? Okay. I mean, COVID, I mean, COVID had something to do with it, but still. Sure. Yeah. As a Bond fan, it's just, these are these are dark times. Yeah, I know. I I don't know. So what are you going to do in the meantime with your show? Have you revisited everything yet? Or you still got more to go? Uh, I got You Only Live Twice in the Can. For uh, those of you who aren't in the podcast world, in the can means I've recorded it already. That's right. Um, and I have like five or six more to revisit. After that, I'm not sure. I might, uh, I'm revisiting all the Bond movies, so I may revisit Rocky 1, 2, 3, 4 by myself. You are the spy film genre. I mean, this is a bit of a tease, but my co-host Dom and I on the, on the Rambo podcast, I've speculated that when we're done Rambo, we might just visit some Vietnam films as a standalone po- episode. So you should... You should uh, maybe visit other spy-like films. I don't know, like the Mission Impossible's might be a good one to go through. Yeah, some Vietnam movies. That's some a real boost to the. Uh, <laughs> those movies get dark, man. Oh, I love it. I freaking love Vietnam films. Oh, God, I'm, I'm terrified of Vietnam movies. I'm terrified of Vietnam. Period. Oh, it's a beautiful country. Beautiful <laughs> yeah, people. Yeah, there it is now. Yeah, you go in for the spa. You go for a spa visit. You get dunked in mud, and you know, and you get a nice close shave and everything. It's nice. Yeah, what could go wrong? <laughs> All right. Well, I, I mean, we're delaying the inevitable here. People are tuning in for our coverage of this amazing film. But before we get to it, the reason why I asked Jack to come on this episode again, or not this episode again, but to co-host with me again regarding an episode on, on this feed is we covered on our previous efforts together. I believe we did Invasion USA. I think that was the last one we did. Is that not right? Invasion USA. I thought it was. Yeah. I was going to say back in the USSR. Yeah, that one we could do later, but this is <laughs> we did. Inv- 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 I think you're right, though. Okay, yeah, it was Invasion USA. We we enjoyed the film immensely. It was our first time viewing for both of us, I believe, uh, regarding that film. Yes, I thought we should kind of maybe go back a little bit because we're seeing peak Chuck. I mean, Invasion USA was peak Chuck Norris. He was in his film deal with Canon. He was on top of the world. I mean, he's always been on top of the world because he's Chuck Norris. The world's always below him. I show that goes without saying, but. This film, yes, I'm speaking about Breaker, exclamation mark, Breaker, exclamation mark. Breaker, Breaker was 1977. It's my understanding, Jack, that this was Chuck Norris's first starring role film. Like He is the marquee name on the bill. Kind of the first film where he wasn't the bad guy. He was playing bad guys before this? 
I think so. I, I know he squared off against Bruce, I believe, on an earlier film. Uh, Bruce uh, Lee. Not not Bruce Willis, but Bruce Lee, the other Bruce. He squared off against him, and I think kind of his first starring role as not a baddie, so to speak. He like won the Karate National World Championship win. What's the timeline here? Oh, boy. My Chuck Norris knowledge is not very good, and I hope he doesn't hear this podcast. He'll be very disappointed in us. He's not live tuning in right now? No, he he, he didn't make the he didn't make the announcement. Right. You, didn't, you didn't post it early enough. He would have gotten on board. I think so. Uh, yeah, Chuck's still alive. I think he's 83 now, if you can believe it. Is he really? Yes. Wow. Face is only 20, but... Yeah. He still looks good. I mean, he looked... I was surprised. I, I don't ever see Chuck Norris as a young man. He was a good-looking good looking dude. Yeah, I mean, uh, old joking aside, as far as an 83-year-old guy, we should all be so lucky to be a, as healthy as he is at that age. So when he did the Expendable cameo in Expendables Part 2, that was in 20... I think it was 2012 or 14, so let's say 10, 11 years ago. So yeah, he was 73 then, so he was about... Just a little bit younger than the Sly is now. So yeah, they're, they're you know these guys are taking care of themselves and rightfully so that they can still move around. And speaking of eighty, I just saw side note here. I saw the Indiana Jones film, Dial Destiny, and you know Harrison's eighty. Yes, yeah. How would you like the movie, by the way? It was f- just fine. It was fun. Oh, that's probably what I assumed I was going to think. It was fine. It was fun. It was just a fun. F- but you know, it's so funny. Nostalgia has a big hold on people's reviews. It had this film been released i don't want to say too much about it but there's the, the beginning beginning half hour is like a mini sequel to crusade okay so i think the timeline was after crusade before kingdom skull we get like a cgi harrison ford uh young faced harrison there's like an indie adventure that's the prelude to the rest of the film because they basically grabbed the dial destiny right, it, yeah. it shows you it shows you just like the beginning of uh last crusade they show you how they got this other medallion when he was a kid it's the same idea so the, it was really well done. And what it made you do, though, it made you realize there was so much waste of time where we had a younger Harrison. We could, we could have done more of these films. We could have had seven or eight Harrison films as a, as Indy, as a grizzled Indy. You decided yeah, I just don't to- think they were all in a, uh, in a big panic to make it. Spielberg, Lucas, or Harrison. It, it just sucks that they didn't give it to give the directing duties over to someone else, and I don't know why they didn't. Because, uh, anyways, as a consumer of of the indie films, it sucks because I think people are upset with Kingdom. Skull, and I don't know why with the aliens. Every indie movie is unrealistic. <laughs> like I don't, yeah, I don't understand. Supernatural Part Two or Temple Doom. They had a heart ripped out of a guy's chest. I mean, oh, that's realistic. Uh, yeah. I mean, if the first one they had God melting people's faces, yeah, that's realistic. I mean, it just, anyways, it, the list goes on. That everything. I, in fact, you know what's funny? Aliens is probably the most realistic one of the four or five. Quite frankly, <laughs> might be right, man. I'm yeah, not. I guess it was just odd to see. Uh, the villain come face to face with an act like one of those a lot of different things about Crystal Skull, but um, sure, you know, whatever. Sure. You Anyways, that being said, I, I, it just makes me sad that we didn't get more. Anyway, so it's a fun film. I think if you go to it expecting to have the nostalgia feeling that you had when you first saw Raiders as a kid, it's never going to happen. No film will ever do that. Here, my kids, we did a marathon with the indie films that we saw part five all together as a family. The kids' ages were uh, nine to 16, four of them. They all loved it, they all had a great time because for them, there was no holding on to anything they just watch all the films together as films and they join the ball they're just because they're fun right. adventure films we love it so much and i'm this way about bond it's like you go into it with so many expectations you've already ruined it for yourself because you're so invested in it. it's like dude just relax and enjoy it man Agreed. it's not meant to be like dissected this much so did, what were your expectations 
<laughs> what, what were your expectations before going into uh, Chuck Norris's debut starring film, Breaker Breaker? Did you have any? <laughs> yes, I had horrible expectations. I was like, all these, it's not just you, it's like Seiko and everybody. Y'all send me like these D level movies. I'm like, God damn, why do I have to? So I was going into like thinking like a step of, above porn quality. Oh, wow. And then wow. I was pleasantly surprised. A lot better than porn. Yes, I think <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, this was better than than uh, your average Pornhub video, <laughs> and also safer to watch with the wife walking around the house. Um, exactly. Yes. This is Breaker Breaker. It's a 1977 film starring Chuck Norris. Now, did you know that this film was made for two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in 1977, which is the equivalent of one point two million dollars today, and it had a box office receipt of 12 million dollars in 1977 which is the equivalent of 125 million so 1.2 million dollar film made today makes 125 million at the box office yeah that's a successful film yeah that's impressive what was drawing people into the theater was chuck norris kind of a a name a little bit what, what was it was a combination of again this was his first starring role so people weren't clamoring for a norris film but Great question. I actually think I have your answer because in the 1970s, there was a notable cultural phenomenon in the U.S. that revolved around semi-truck drivers and citizen band radios. Really? Yes. So during this period, truckers often had CB radios installed in the rigs as an essential communication tool for connecting with other drivers on the road. So you know what breaker breaker means for those? Well, you probably do, but for the uninitiated, breaker breaker is just basically you're announcing yourself I'm in the military, so we'd say announcing yourself on the net. You're basically saying I'm on the net or I'm I'm on the radio. My call sign could be Chuck Norris, or let's say it's Chuck. So you know, breaker breaker Chuck on the road here, you know, whatever it is, and you let people know right. that you're in the area. And so this phenomenon, Jack, was so big and so huge that it started with truckers just for their on the road a combination of yes for communication to say, Hey, where's the, yeah, there's a roadblock up ahead or ice up ahead or storms or uh, cops up, you know, or next truck stop is full or, or scales are up ahead, all that kind of stuff. But it turned out to be that they would use it to chew the fat, as they say, to talk. And then it kind of bled into public life. People like you and I in 1970s bought CBs and we would, they, people would actually build, man caves of their CB radio to chat with other people basically online, but on radio waves instead. This was their chat rooms. That I kind of knew, like people having CB radios in their house way back when never really was clear on why they did that. It's the same reason why we have chat rooms. Yeah, I guess so. It, it's the human experience. And that's the only thing I can think of because looking back on it now, I, I think most people today would hate it. I would hate to go on a CB radio. Oh, this is uh, Ryan over here on uh, this street. Uh, how's it going out there? People, I think, are kind of now like, oh, I don't want to talk to anybody on the phone. I don't want to talk to anybody. But back then, the idea of talking to basically strangers about whatever, the weather, sports, I'm sure there was some sexual activity as well because that's just what humans always go there somehow. But they were just interacting with other other people. This is what they did. It's the same with chat rooms. The AOL first came out. Everyone was going to Yahoo groups and chat rooms. And now social media. That, so social media has essentially taken over that but this is a little bit different because it was with the people kind of within the range of the cb radio that they could kill you if they knew where you were it's kind of like <laughs> yeah beginning so of a horror movie there yeah it really kind of is because yeah cb range isn't the same of course as you know satellite internet okay quite the phenomenon so to kind of answer your question that was a it was a combination of truckers and, and the road and there was a lot of trucking films back in the 70s when we saw this movie on tubi this is where we got to watch it Every site, streaming site, shows you you know like-minded films that go with this film, and there was a tons of like different 
trucker movies in the 70s. So this was kind of like a phenomenon of this was their cinematic universe in the day of trucker films. I was just assuming this was the only one and like this is a trucker's holy grail of movies. But so there's a lot of these things. Yeah, there's a few. Well, I'll have to go look into all those. Yeah, we could start a whole new network on the trucker film. Yeah, instead of being instead of being your co-host for all the Chuck Norris movies, can I just be your trucker co-host? <laughs> Chuck Norris? <laughs> Chuck Norris, exactly. <laughs> I've already decided you and I are going to cover Chuck Norris films. I'm sorry. I got somebody else to do the Burt Reynolds films. You're doing the Chuck Norris films with me. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. so lucky. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's a little bit of the background of the film. Uh, Chuck Norris was paid uh, $5,000 to do 11-day shoot. 11 days, that's all it took to, to film this movie. Wow. He said, I didn't know anything when I made that movie. We shot it just 11 days, but it was amazing. People loved it anyway. It's a down-home kind of movie. It's still my dad's favorite, he said. The 1977 Trucker Revenge film was definitely not a critical favorite. One critic dismissed it, noting he, Norris, can't act his way out of a lunch pail. Oh, that's harsh. But however, the $250,000 movie went on to do $12 million in ticket sales. That is a huge profit for the... Uh, now, did Chuck Norris end up tracking down that guy that wrote that <laughs> review? Yeah, that was the last review he ever wrote. Uh, yeah, do we know what happened? yeah, we don't know what happened to him. <laughs> let's just say he never wrote again, and he never saw a movie again. He, he, never, did, he, should, he never did a lot of things again. Now, Breaker Breaker was directed by this guy. It's so funny to see the, what these cast members do from the, these old films. Do you ever like look to see what else they've done or the judge? I was like, I've seen this guy. I don't know where. And I went through his IMDb for a very long time. Yuri Testikoff from Seinfeld. I can't remember what the episode was. It might be the <laughs> marine biologist. That's the oh, guy. Oh, is that is that the same guy? Yeah, who throws the uh, pl- planner thing out the window. That's hilarious. That's him. I love that kind of stuff. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So Breaker Breaker was directed by this gentleman named Don Hewlett. Okay. He was born in 1937. He's since passed away in 2008 at the age of 70. So almost a full life there. Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> yeah. His last movie to direct, though, was 1982. So he only directed three movies. His first film, Breaker Breaker. Then in 1979... Two years later, A Great Ride. And then in 1982, Tennessee Stallion. So he was doing pretty good for himself, you know, like two, three years. And then it just stopped. But what's even more interesting, he still worked in movies a little bit as a composer. And so kind of like John Carpenter, Don Hewlett, he's also did the music for this film and many other of his films. Really? Director to composer or vice versa. I've never heard of a director going to composer or vice versa. Well, the only one I can think of is John Carpenter. He does his uh, soundtracks for his films. Okay. Yeah, and they're both about the same time. So interesting, the seventies, and partly probably because of budget or whatever. But yeah, but this dude, he did that guitar, uh, that guitar music, and that. I what do you think of that guitar type music throughout the film? <laughs> I kind of can't picture it in my head. We'll pick up some scenes. We'll go through a couple scenes, maybe if you have a couple in it'll mind. All, it'll all come flooding back to me. I can I can feel it. It's a very interesting composition. I, I kind of liked it. It seemed out of place at first. But I kind of dug it as the movie went on. I kind of like, oh. It was, it was unique. It was unique, definitely. It, but it was also the 70s. Okay. Yeah. So here's basically the premise of the film. Here's a truck driver, which is Chuck, searches for his brother, who has disappeared in the town run by a corrupt judge. Okay. The opening of the film, <laughs> it's hard to break down these films because they just don't make sense in, in the real world no. in any way, shape, or form. You just no. can't arbitrarily create a town. Yeah, I don't know how that worked, like getting a charter. I mean, this town looks like it's, this is like 250 years ago. Yeah. Like there's no paved roads. 
No, it's old dirt road and uh it's nineteen seventies. Yeah, the movie takes place in present day seventies. Like it wasn't like we're building an old hick town. This movie might have served better had it been like it was trying to be a trucker western. Right. But we know in the 1970s, they had paved roads. I mean, even the buildings, they look like an old Western. Everything looks like it belongs 300 years ago. But for some reason, like everyone's driving cars and has like blue jeans on. Let's just give the opening sequence a little bit here so the people can see and hear the opening sequence of basically what sets up the film. So the judge, Judge Trimmons, he's building a town why these people have shown up, why they've agreed to be a part of it. A lot of these people are family members, yes. People are here to be like, yeah, we're going to live in this town. And it, in and of itself, that shouldn't make them evil. <laughs> but uh, apparently, that might have been the whole gist of building this town, is that they, they could have run a corrupt... They, sorry, they built a small township just so they could be a corrupt township. Like, what's the end game here? They don't allow tourists, so they don't want, like, tourist money. And they're just like terrorizing each other. Uh, like, what, what are y'all even trying to do? I guess they're just breeding with each other in their own family. And it's going to be a trimmings town. I, I was never really clear on that. Here's a little bit of the opening of the opening of the town. So at the very least, we'll get the opening of the town. This is the, this is the main bad guy talking, the judge. Thank you, Arnie. Thank you very much. That boy, Arnie. What a proud and glorious day this is. We, the people who have labored so hard who have sacrificed so much and who have kept the faith so long have been granted a momentous goal. No longer will we be regarded by the Philistinian masses as common gypsies. That's right, Judge. The state of California, in spite of its obstructions, red tape, and (laughs) pig-headedness, has granted us a city charter! Yeah, I love the way he acts. Is it? <laughs> is just aggressive, man. He needs to calm down. They did do it legal. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. That's the you only know, thing they've done legal. They named the city Texas, California, after his son Tex, who I guess has died. We don't ever find out why or how he died. Okay. Texas City. Okay. So, and then at the very beginning, of course, you wouldn't know it if you you know if you haven't seen this movie more than once. But at the very beginning, we see the damsel distressed single mother that we catch later on the film. She's there with her son, which she is the... Oh, it was her, sorry, it was her husband who had died. Oh, I know why. He was killed. Was that Tex? Tex was killed. Remember, there was a little bit of talk about it later on in the film where he wouldn't fall into the corruption of the town. So we're we're led to believe he might have been killed by his own father. The guy that she was married to, that's Tex? Yes. Yes. Ah, how about that? Yes. So that's why they're in the town. And so we're led to believe that because he wouldn't take money from the dad or whatever, even though they lived in the town. And I don't know. We yeah. The city is built. People are there for it. They have the charter. And we see this charter that the judge is holding throughout the film. He's always got it with him at it's in City Hall where they hold their fake trials and what have you. But this charter is like their their Bible. Yeah. Just don't lose that piece of paper. <laughs> I wonder what the charter says. It's like if a, a kid, when he graduates like kindergarten, like someone just kind of puts a Microsoft Word document like, yeah, you're sure you're you're graduated. It's kind of the same thing. So this is how the film opens. They open a city. And you're just thinking, OK, nothing to it. Sure. Fair enough. It's actually, it's like a cold open. It's pretty cool because they open with this and then it says Chuck Norris and Breaker Breaker. It's what they say in the TV industry. Cold open. Now we're doing the credits. Right. Pre-title sequence. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. James Bond does that, don't they? Every, every movie. Yeah, maybe they're borrowing this from James Bond, or maybe James Bond's borrowing it from them. Yeah, so Chuck Norris, it, do you know what you know how old he is now in this film? 
thirties? Thirty-seven. Yeah. Geez, so he was like always pretty old. <laughs> Chuck, like, was he ever in his twenties? It's the Tom Lee Jones syndrome. No matter what, Tom Lee Jones is always old. You never see him. Yeah. Same with Clint Eastwood. Chuck Norris is always just a man. The movie now starts off with him in his truck, and he's driving to meet somebody at a dirt bike. You know, there's kids riding around on their dirt bikes and, you know, having fun at the dirt bike track. We see this young man here who's all frustrated with his dirt bike ride went wrong or skew or whatever. He throws his helmet down in frustration. But Chuck Norris is there looking admirably and watching and smiling, just, you know, and it's his brother. Now, there's a couple scenes in this film, Jack. We'll show this one. I have three brothers. Look, I have I have sons and a daughter. I haven't shown this much affection to my own children. <laughs> you don't roll around a half an inch from their lips, around and around in the dirt all the time? That's not how y'all play? <laughs> so what kind of father are you? I don't know. I, I guess I'm the father that doesn't want to be arrested. So, <laughs> Put on a list. I don't know how old they're supposed to be in the film. I think they want us to believe that Chuck might be 24. <laughs> so he's 37 right there? That's how old I am. There you go. So we look about the same, right? <laughs> well, don't you dare compare yourself to Chuck. That's ridiculous. Now you're just <laughs> being silly. Especially on this show. Even if we gave Chuck the benefit of the doubt that they're trying to portray that he's 24. And his brother, his younger brother here is maybe 18. So they both look 30 to 35 or 28 to 31, to his brother. But anyways, they're brothers. It doesn't really matter. There's no indication here that they're not you know, full-grown adults because they're brothers and they like to roll around together. That's all we well, know. let's just see a little bit of that. They're going to say hi to each other. The brother asks, do you want to try a few laps? And Chuck's like, no, no, no. And it, later on, it's asked again. And Chuck makes it very clear that Dirt bike riding for him, as tough of a man as he is, you know, he doesn't dirt bike ride. There's too, there's too much for him. Even he has his limits. <laughs> it's funny. I saw a movie poster for this movie, and it showed Chuck Norris with a shotgun on the... Uh, okay. I like the the, uh, the one sheet that said, don't fuck... Ar- I'm sorry. Don't muck around with an 18-wheel trucker. He's got a CB radio and 100 friends, and he just might get mad. There Was that one of the movie posters you said? It might have been on the Wikipedia page. Did it actually have the curse word in it? No, it said don't muck around. Okay, don't, don't muck around. Minutes. I love it. I recommend, guys, this will be on the um, this will be on the Rocky YouTube channel. I'll put this review on there. I recommend you just have to see what we're talking about, but let's let's just watch them embrace. Welcome home, brother. So no, they've been away for each other for a little while. Let's let's see how they mm-hmm. greet each other. Home, brother. <laughs> you and I. He's been diving for clams. Chuck looks over his brother, you know, pats his waist. I had to Google diving for clams, what that means. Do you have any guesses what it might mean? It's not the literal fishing no. for actual clams? <laughs> no, it looks like you've been diving for clams. It just means you look worn out. You look tired. Okay, you look like shit. Yeah. You want to take a ride? Uh, no, thanks. I'll pass. I already said no. What's that? So he says putty putt putt, and then Chuck's like, what's that? And that triggers some sort of playful, I'm going to get you. Oh, I'm going <laughs> to get you. Oh, man. <laughs> Here it is. I'm going to get you. And they just, I love how the director's like, no, let's keep the, keep the film rolling, guys. Keep, keep it rolling. This is, this is great stuff. Putty putt putt putt. Oh, yeah. Now he's, he's my age. I don't roll around with men like that. Yeah, it's 
they are just rolling around and the, the porn music kicks in. I'm not sure what that's all about. Yeah. Well, maybe it's not a step above porn. <laughs> okay. So the next scene is Chuck is, uh, Oh yeah. He, he kicks his brother, the butt at the truck stop. So they're at some sort of truck stop. He's saying hi to a friend. The friend's husband has been beaten to a pulp from the guys in Texas city. So we've all of a sudden we just have physical assault happen off camera. Let's hear how this is spelled out to Chuck. How did John David? What happened? Paralyzed, J.D. I will give Chuck full credit in this film. He's a very hands-on guy. He is. He gets handsy. with A lot of people getting handsy in this movie. <laughs> Don't forget the judge later. He gets real handsy. Yeah, he gets kind of handsy uncomfortable with the grandson, which is weird. Oh, like, yeah. I don't like when Grandpa drinks. <laughs> we can have a drunk, a drunk Bond podcast, but not a drunk Grandpa with the grandkids. No, I don't know. That's a different tone. Okay, so he's you know he's got his arm around her, comforting her. So he's been paralyzed. How? We'll find out. What happened, Dottie? Got beat up by an animal named Strode in Texas City. So she's got a name and the location of the attacker. Anyone want to call the police? They're just too powerful up there. What's the point? I, okay, this town exists just around the corner, apparently, but nobody can stop them. Yeah, and they have like fifty people in that town. Again. It looks like shit. There's no roads. They don't have any technology. You could take them down. Okay, so he's been paralyzed his whole right side. I did Google this. It is true. This uh, I know Chuck would never lie to us in his films, but no. if you're beaten enough in a certain, like you can be beaten to the point where half of your body, like on the right or left side, is paralyzed. So it's legit. And all checks out. Yeah, it's a Chuck checkout. <laughs> <laughs> it all checks out. Uh, it all checks out. His whole right side. I've been driving Jack's rig ever since he went into the hospital. I love how in this film, anyone can apparently just drive a rig. Oh, yeah. Anyone, anyone wants it. The rules were a lot, a, lot, a lot less stringent back then. Now, I dare say the actress playing Dottie, is that her voice? Because this is some heavy ADR here. Oh, I don't know. It just, I don't, it just sounds like it's really not coming from her talking to Chuck here. Now that he's home, God, I never thought I'd ever let a man see me cry. That's all right. <laughs> yeah, at least sounds overdubbed. She says, I never thought I'd let a man see me cry. You're the woman. Of course yeah. you're gonna cry. Come on now. I mean, I can see the other way around. But she's had to be the man of the house since uh since well, yeah, I mean Dottie's tough, man. So now they're detaching the rig, uh, or the truck part or whatever, the rig, what do you call it? The trailer part from the truck, because Chuck's brother is gonna now drive the truck and do a delivery. This is Billy's first solo run as a truck driver. Oh, yeah. They have this jingle that they sing together coming up here. So he has to go to the superstore market type place, pick up the frozen goods, and deliver the frozen goods. That's it. Pretty simple, straightforward delivery. So here's the instructions for that. Nice and easy. This is your first solo run. And I know you don't like to be lectured by your big brother, but I want you to watch those guys over at Shelly Foods. Don't trust them because they'll overload the reaper. Hear what I'm saying? I hear you. I want you to weigh the load. Before you put it on the road, okay? I will. What am I hauling anyway? TV dinners. Yeah. If it's from Shelly, it's, it's good, good for, for your, your belly. belly. What do you think of that jingle? Catchy. I had a Shelly dinner for lunch uh, today. How was your TV dinner? I mean, Billy doesn't like it. He goes, yuck. Well, Billy doesn't know what he's talking about. Salisbury steak. TV dinners are the bomb, man. When I was a kid, if you got a TV dinner, that's like the next best thing to... Uh... Yeah, we cooked like every meal, but the few times I was able to have that, like in high school, oh my God, love those things. 
So Billy's going on a solo run. Chuck couldn't be prouder. Look, we're just going to call him Chuck. I know his name's JD, but there's there's no point. Chuck's Chuck in every yeah. film. Was okay. Chuck. All right. So off the rig goes. They do a lot of shots of the Chuck driving of the Chuck <laughs> Chuck driving. Sorry, of the Chuck the driving. Chuck, the Chuck driver. He's a Chuck driver. Yes. <laughs> this dude. The world that we're watching is very small. So Chuck is now at the truck. <laughs> Chuck is at the truck stop restaurant. And there's a cast of characters at this restaurant. We've got the, you know, the classic way. It's almost like if someone were to tell you, can you make a cliche version of a truck stop diner and let's film that? That's what we have here. Oh, we've, God, got, yeah. we've got the cast of characters. We've got the bully who's coming in to challenge Chuck to something that we'll show you later on. And then we got the, the waitresses who are sexually assaulted with every order. It's your classic truck stop. Yeah, like his buddy. I mean, I'm not sure if he's all right up in his head. And then that tough that they, his outfit, the see-through tank top, he, I mean, looks like he belongs in the village people. <laughs> like, there's a lot going on here. Here's his buddy. They're just having a fun little conversation at the table here. The He's not right. I still can't smell. Ruin my nose. What do you know about Nanny Strode? So say the guy's a kook, but you know, of course Chuck's the normal one, but he tolerates it. He laughs, plays along because he's harmless, right? But he goes right into what do you know about a man named Strode? This is the individual by name who beat his friend up to a pulp. Cops aren't involved. Chuck's got to take care of it, right? He's looking into it. You saw Jack. Well, from what I hear, he's a local smoky over at that old bauxite ghost town. They call it Texas City now. I've been trying to get tourists in there. Oh, see, they're trying to get tourists in there, apparently. Yeah. But how? Prices are more for tourists. They treat them all horribly. I don't know how they're trying to get them in there. It says here they set up the town just after Chuck left. So that might indicate why his brother was so happy to see him. Maybe he was gone for a few years. Who knows? Because I think it does take time to build a city, doesn't it? Not that one. That that one took about two months. (laughs) Fair. Just on the the shoddy workmanship that I saw. Just after you left, all legal and proper. You can't run a box lunch through that town without giving everybody a bite. They chew you up, turn you around, spit you out. You guys ever talk about anything else but trucking? They go on with a little banter and what have you, and the waitress comes and takes their order. But this gives you an idea. This town's a bad place, man. And now we're led to believe that Billy, on his truck driving business, might come across the town. Were you already figuring that out, or did you? I figured. I'm I'm a pretty savvy guy, so I'm really – I know what's going to happen before it can even – even Chuck Norris can't fool me. I love these old movies. Remember these old movies, 70s and 80s, where the bully, the big bully was always, like you said, this is basically an overweight member of the village people. Like, why is this guy scary? In fact, you know, his Chuck Norris's friend even said, oh, did you see the size of his arms? He's just... It's like, yeah, because he's, he's fat. <laughs> There's a layer of fat around his arms. So, yeah, I saw him. <laughs> Sorry. And and Chuck is initially he's challenged to something. Did you even know what the challenge was till you saw it? I don't want to spoil it just yet. Did you know what the challenge was? Didn't he challenge into a game of pool? It sounded like it was supposed to be pool, but it, be, it becomes something else later on, which we'll talk right. about. Says he can put you down in 10 seconds. Hi, Elroy. Howdy, Miss Pearl. I bet him ten dollars he couldn't do it. There's a hint here that he could put you down in ten seconds. So we're like, oh, it doesn't sound like pool. Is it a fight? Is it fisticuffs? Did they get a homeless guy to play that that Elroy guy. <laughs> the casting director they picked everyone. They wanted to make sure Chuck was the most handsome person on screen. I think that was the 
So here's the guy. Here's the big menacing figure that's coming to ch- challenge Chuck. Look at yeah, see-through tank top. He's got his pirate friend behind him. I, I don't know what's going on here. His buddy has a pirate hat on. Ryan, are you? Do you drink much? Not enough to wear a pirate hat. Yeah. So like, if you and I were ever together, like let's say we found ourselves in Texas City, and I said, Ryan, why don't we go tie one on tonight? You say sure. I'm like, no, but you didn't let me finish. We're gonna wear pirate hats to the bar. <laughs> say, well, by God, I'm in. Let's do it. I'll wear the pirate hat if you wear that mesh tank well, top. Well, yeah, we'll talk about it. the pirate hat. That's the that's the real fun. So long story short, this big muscle guy, you'll see him. He comes in and challenges Chuck. It's basically an arm wrestling match. The next big segment here, of course, is one of the bad corrupt cops blocks Billy, says, hey, this area is blocked off. There's an accident up the road. Go down this detour. And the detour leads to Texas City. And this is the whole setup. Now, can you explain this to me? They direct the rig to go to town just so they can arrest him and prosecute him. What's your understanding of what, or is it to steal the TV dinners? I, what's going on here? It's never clear on what their end game is. So like they, are they bringing people to give them tickets so they can like live on ticket money <laughs> and, and Shelly dinners? There is indication that the Shelly dinners were handed out to townsmen because uh, the single mother was serving that dinner to their kid. To the, so they, uh, that's they, true. Another a little callback in there. And then I guess, Take the truck for parts? I have no idea, man. I don't know if there's much money in any of this. Now we see the judge and the cop. They're explaining we've caught this guy and let's prosecute him for whatever reason. Let's just turn this guy into an example of what you don't know. You don't mess with Texas City. But the judge and his crazy acting and the way the cops are sort of bumbling characters, what did it remind you of? I don't know. Dukes of Hazard. And I looked up Dukes of Hazard, and it was, was it after this? I don't know. Okay, because uh, he was in an episode of Dukes of Hazzard, <laughs> Judge Trimmings. That's hilarious. Well, yeah, because the way he's acting, he's acting like Boss Hog. Yeah, I've never actually seen Dukes of Hazzard, okay. but I'm not just saying this. It did actually, a lot of this movie reminded me of Dukes of Hazzard, just the music and just them in those if, trucks and stuff running around. If it's not the same time, uh, I know I watched it when I was a kid in the 80s, but I think it might have been reruns even by then. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was that show when I realized that I like girls. It was definitely that ah. time. Nice. Yeah. Good for yeah. You. So here's a bit of the uh, the uh, the sham of a court here. Speeding. The goddamn road's so bad you couldn't even answer the judge. Order. I like his robe. Uh, then they have the arm wrestle. The arm wrestle goes as, as you expect. Obviously, Stallone ripped this part off for his movie Over the Top, which was Truck Drivers too. Let's. This is. What are your thoughts That's on true. that? That's true. Sly owes a lot of the success to Breaker Breaker. No, I'm not even joking. I wonder if there's a part of Sly. There is a story of a, of a father's child, of arm wrestling, and uh, truck drivers. It's all there. It's all in Breaker Breaker. So I'm, yeah, I'm just, there it is. So the writer of Breaker Breaker could probably, should actually, I recommend they just sue Sly. I think they should. Might as well. It always works. So after the arm wrestle and, of course, Chuck wins, a, a fight just breaks out. I like how the waitresses take a little break from work to watch the arm wrestling. <laughs> sure. This is a big event. This fight sequence is just amazing it's almost like benny hill it's ridiculous that tough guy looks like he belongs like in the 1920s like wearing a onesie you know like with those round dumbbells with the bar are we supposed to laugh at these moments and another thing about this film if you'll notice every punch is lethal always if people aren't dying because of the punches they're just like laid out and i dare say the impact doesn't seem to be if i receive these punch and kicks (laughs) kicks from chuck or anyone else i don't think i would be I don't. I think I could keep going. I think I might have more in me. Oh yeah, but at least get up after a minute. 
<laughs> or just unconscious. Look at the chuck kick here. Let's just watch it. Go watch this chuck kick right here. Look at the power. <laughs> now, if you were to tell me that Chuck Norris was a karate champion after watching this film, I didn't know that before, I might doubt you. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't that impressive. <laughs> no. He knows how to do a roundhouse, you know, turn around and kick. He's got a couple of skills, but I wouldn't say a champion. I think the reason why, if I was to guess, is not his ability. I think because it's such a low budget film, as you as you know. Like look at the Jackie Chan films or Jet Li films back in the 70s as well. The reason why they were so believable, or Bruce Lee, is they're working with other fighters. They're working with people that are trained to fight and to take hits and to take punches in a way to or to, you know what I mean? They can cushion the punches. Okay. Yeah. Chuck can't go full through. These guys are nobodies. They're just like you and I, if we're just like, hey, fake fight with Chuck. Like we wouldn't know how to even evade or move in a fight. Chuck has to rein it in because he's not he's not working with professionals. Yeah. These are all, yeah. With a $250,000 budget, like you can't get people getting hurt on set. Where did that money go? I don't know. Chuck's haircut, maybe? Maybe. He might have had a daily haircut. And this is one of the few movies we've seen without a mustache or a beard. I think throughout the rest of his career, that's not the case. Yeah, probably so. You don't ever get me in a situation like that again, Elroy. Come on, Burton. I need a ride. Here's the mock accord. I want to hear a little bit of this. So you get an idea of this, the kind of literally the racket that Billy's about to say this town is running. We have a fine community here, a group of hardworking people who have a vision of the future. However, outsiders like yourself, they often misinterpret what they see and are sometimes even critical of what they don't understand. We work together here for the common good. And it is unfortunate that my schedule does not give me the time to take you by the hand and lead you among us, to expose you to our many industries and enterprises. <laughs> <laughs> what industries and enterprises does this town have? Yeah, I think Billy knows that's a hawk of shit. <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. I love this judge. He is spelling enough stuff that just does not exist. I love how he's like, many people have come to this town and everyone keeps saying the truth that this town is just a joke. The judge is sick and tired of having to explain to everyone how great this town is. Last too wrong. brilliant to even explain it. So he just, he just can't do it. So, Billy, I think, was the last straw. I think the judge is just sick and tired of having to explain how this town works. No, no. I find you without a trace of contrition. <laughs> you're insulting to this court, Mr. Joyce. And you're insulting to the police officer's attendant here. It is a judgment of this court that you are guilty as charged. Wait a minute. $250 or 250 days. You guys are crazy. Please pay the fine. You won't get a... <laughs> so there you go. Please pay the fine. You might be right there, Jack. Maybe they are just looking for money. Just one traffic ticket at a time. It'll build our empire. <laughs> Maybe just get a job. So they capture Billy. We don't really see what happens to Billy. We don't know if he does get killed or what have you. There's a big reveal at the end to his uh, demise or not. But I thought it was kind of good. We don't know. We know as much as Chuck knows. You know, his brother's right. missing. And he finds out very quickly that his brother is in this town. Now, we have this nice little scene here of showing how important meditation is. Do you meditate? I do not. Okay. Well, that might be your problem then. I, I guess it is. Do you? No. <laughs> okay. no. I don't have a, qu a quiet moment in my life. You have to like, go rent a hotel room for the night and just meditate for an hour and come back. Billy gets caught. And now JD says here, meditation is essential to martial arts training. This is the first time in this film, other than the quality kicks we saw in the bar, where we would have any indication as a first time viewer to Chuck's life or that this is a martial arts film or that he is a martial artist. 
And they have this little sequence here just to kind of let the audience know when you see these amazing fight sequences later in the film, there's a reason why he's so good at what he does because he's a martial artist. And he meditates. And did you notice later in the film that there's a callback to this? Yes. And it didn't make any sense. I don't even know what that was. Here's what he has to say about meditation. Meditation is essential to the martial arts training. It is imperative that you develop yourself not only physically, but mentally and spiritually as well. To meditate, you must concentrate on what we call the third eye, the center, beginning right here. Some hippie shit. Close your eyes. As you're focusing, you'll notice that it will become brighter and brighter. Your total concentration is on the third eye. I do love his disco outfit he's wearing here. What do you think of that? It's hot, man. It's working. You think these truckers or whoever the hell he's talking to could give a shit about this meditation third eye stuff? I might have to try the meditation third eye. It starts, he pointed when it says starts right here, just so you guys know, the third eye, I guess, is between your two eyes, I guess. Yeah. Did you try doing it with Chuck when you were watching it? <laughs> could have. I should have. I actually, I should have. I actually, I, to the truth, I actually tried to do it for a second. and I didn't Did you really? I didn't feel any different. Oh. Yeah, I was trying to get into the movie, man. That's hilarious. Uh, Chuck gets into his Chuck truck van and it's got a big, huge ass American Eagle on it. And Chuck Norris has made no bones about it that he is a patriot through and through. So this could be Chuck's personal van. Yeah, a souped up van. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a bold choice. And I love he's got the big ass eagle on it. Like, how cool would it be to have that van? If only, man, in my wildest dreams. Would you drive it if you were given that van right now? Would you drive it around? Just would for I a drive week? it. It's all I would drive, man. But they're showcasing this van. They've got about 100 different shots of Chuck in the van outside, inside. We're supposed to think. I guess in 1977, people would have thought this is cool. I... Oh, it's still cool in 2023. If I drove that van, my wife wouldn't let me. The, the amount of women that would be chasing after that van all day. Okay, now explain this to me. So this town wants tourists, don't they? Don't they want people to come to this town to visit it and see their enterprise and all the good things yes. they do there? So why is it when a van that these people have no idea who's in this van, why do they decide just to shoot at it? Open fire, yeah. <laughs> and they just pull everyone else over that's even not going to the town. They pull them over, make them come to the town. Uh, we'll torture you for a while for like 200 bucks. Chuck is just coming to Texas City. He's just like, he gets, sh- <laughs> he, he gets shot. He's like, what the, f- what? Why am I getting shot at? Moonshiners. That's one of their enterprises though, Moonshiner. Was their intention to literally, I, you, while you're shooting at the car, uh, did they want to murder this complete stranger who's just driving a, tr- a van? Yeah, just, he's an outsider. Kill him, even though we want tourists. So weird. You're right. These are the moonshiners. They're the ones that kind of run the the alcohol business. Maybe Chuck was going near their business. Maybe they thought they were he was a competitor or was going there to see how they make the moonshine. I, I don't know. Never and was then, explained. It never was explained. Like I thought this movie was going to turn to some sort of like moonshine business, but then it that was the last we saw of that. <laughs> now, now now we see a couple coming out of a store or something and there's a cop there and it says here you let them take every nickel we got says the wife to the husband now i didn't take goddamn thing wesley there he is that son of a bitch it says they're coming out of the court justice court they too are leaving the court of judge trimmings and they handed over their money the same way billy was told to but billy chose prison time instead so what, what's going on here everyone that comes in here gets robbed yeah pretty much yeah, I guess that's why they want tourists, man. Just They just <laughs> rob them, and they're just going to get away with it forever and live happily ever after. I don't know. The wife's got a lot of grit. The poor husband, he's kind of em- em- you know, emancipated. Because, you know, Judge Trimmings is a very uh, uh, scary figure. 
So he just wants to get out of this town while he still has, you know, he still has his teeth in. I love this combination that showed uh, that husband. Your ass. Were you going to get another sucker? Well, I kick your ass all the way back to one twenty. You don't have to let him talk to me like that, are you, Wesley? No, don't wait. (laughs) (laughs) The officer strode. Did a one, two, three punch and then knead him in the gut. And that guy just went down like a sack of potatoes. Mm-hmm. You can't defend that. <laughs> if only there was somebody that could come to this town and show them what's what. If only. He, and he curb stomps him. He puts his heel to his face. I think we're led to believe he might have killed the man on the street. I think we're actually led oh, yeah. to believe that. Yeah. Stroh, don't play. There's a lot yeah. of weird is they or is they not dead scenes in this film. Have you noticed yeah. that? I always go with just dead. Okay. So Chuck's radiator was shot out, so he's gone to the uh, corrupt garage, whatever. And this is where we meet. You ever see the movie uh, Tropic Thunder? I have. And when uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s character tells Ben Stiller that he's, you know, the reason why he didn't win the Oscar is because he went full R word. <laughs> Dude, I thought of that kind of towards the middle of Arnie's story. I'm like, oh, he's going full. <laughs> so the actor playing Arnie, I think he went full R. Oh, yeah. That poor bastard. Shot. I need a new one. Uh, my, 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 I don't know. My, my brother Wade will be back uh, pretty soon. Uh, uh, he can fix anything. That's ridiculous. Uh-uh. Uh, Simple uh, Jack? Is that a thing? Yes, this is Simple Jack. Yeah. I swear Ben Stiller must have seen this. There's no way that Ben Stiller did not yeah. see this film and because he does the stuff just like Simple Jack is. It's the exact character. It is the exact same character. Simple Jack. Simple Jack down at the wrecking yard no relation hey, when your brother gets back tell him to get started right away okay uh-huh uh where's the police department down there so simple jack has a fun little arc he's the only pure soul in the in the town he's the moral compass for the town and people think he doesn't understand what's going on but he does arnie knows all all right so chuck goes to town looking for the judge looking for some sort of answers like where's my brother and the judge is in the bar talking to the bar mistress about the sexual acts he wants to perform on the woman, but using the doll to say the things he wants to do to the, do to the woman. Did you, did you catch all that? Is that right? I, I'm not sure if I caught all of it, but I think you did a very good job of explaining what the hell is going on right here. <laughs> you have to tell what you want to do. I want to lodge a complaint. A complaint. Ah, a complaint. <laughs> So the segue here, Chuck comes in and says, I want a logical complaint. And the judge right away is like, a complaint? Ah, a complaint. Time for my Shakespearean. He does some sort of Shakespearean diatribe uh-huh. on Chuck. Enos Domini, the greatest complaint of all. Now he says, Honest Domini is the greatest complaint of all. That makes no sense. What does I, it mean? That just means it's often, well, that's how we do our years. It's 2023 20, oh. AD. Anno Domino. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. You could tell like he was smart like 20 years ago and like read a bunch, but now he's just like a drunk that doesn't know what he's doing. So that was like just some words he heard one time. Here, Okay, here's another scene here between Chuck and Simple Jack. And what I love is because Ch- Chuck, though he can kick everyone's ass, he's so sweet and kind to Simple Jack. You notice that? So Sybil Jack is delivering the radiator to Chuck, saying it's all fixed, ready to go. And, and Chuck's so happy to see that done. And listen to this conversation. How, how nice he is, the Sybil. Oh, very good. My, my, my brother Wade can fix it. He can fix anything. Uh, do, do, do you like my trike? <laughs> very nice. My, my, my brother Wade, he, he gifted it to me for my birthday. <laughs> I had a brother, but I lost him. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> That's awkward. You see how Chuck's talking down to him a little bit, like mm-hmm. simple talk. He's be the simple Chuck with simple Jack. He's like, I had the brother, but I lost him. Maybe you know where he is. Simple you know, Chuck and simple Jack. Yeah. Lost? Um, what's wrong? My my brother Wade. Sometimes he tells me to get lost somewhere far away in the dark. In the dark. Okay, okay, that's all right. Okay. He went into some sort of like trauma trance, right? He's like in the yeah, dark. Yeah, like borderline offensive. The way this dude's acting. <laughs> borderline. <laughs> God damn. Can you imagine if they ever try to film it like this today? In all seriousness. Oh, He's hard R. <laughs> hard R. Do you know where my brother is, Arnie? Um, I. Uh, in the business, Arnie. Huh? I said get going. Um, okay. Uh, I, I got to tend to business. <laughs> Bye. All right. So Chuck is suspicious. He is suspicious. So Chuck goes to the restaurant to order some food. It's a funny little sequence here where he's looking at the menu, but they give him a different menu you know, for the outsiders. So the outsiders get charged more, and they actually say that. Great way to have tourists come to your town. Yeah, let's up the prices if you don't live here. You better watch your step, Arlene. Yeah, this guy is a total jerk, of course, to Ar- Arlene. And now the actress that plays Arlene is so funny. She has only been in like a couple movies, and she actually wrote a movie that got made, and then then that's it. Their career's over. It's just so weird how they come. And she was all right in it too. Yeah, she wasn't bad. And she's kind of cute. Uh, yeah, it's, just, it's just weird how th- just never she didn't get her big break from Breaker Breaker. She didn't get her Breaker Breaker. Nope. Okay, now we had the fight with the cops. So Chuck runs into the two, you know, the two and only cops in town. Chuck's not fooling around here. Oh boy. Yep. There's that music. There you go. We're going to kick your butt all the way back to Highway 99, boy. Now, originally, the other cop told the couple from out of town that they're going to kick their butt to 120. Now they're going to kick Chuck's butt to 99. So two different, I guess there's two different highway routes they can kick people's butts to. Yeah, it depends. I think 99 is farther away because they really want to kick his butt far away. <laughs> 120 is, that was closer. Yeah, they went easy on the other guy. Yeah, I'm just going to kick you to 120. All right, so let's see how this plays out. Show him what I mean, Bowles. <laughs> oh, Get up, boy. We ain't through with you yet. Well, yes, you are. That's the music I'm talking about. I love that banjo kicks in. It's so good. Yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> it's so good. It grows on you. I don't know what it is. There's something about it. Chuck Norris beats up two cops. The director's like, you know what kind of music we need there? Banjo. All right, so basically Chuck does a breakout. He's sort of eliminated the cops, but not exactly. They're still alive, so they're going to come after him. And, of course, the only place that he can hole up is, yes, Judge Trimming's ex-daughter-in-law, who's the widow of his dead son. It makes sense that he comes in. and I love in these films how quickly he becomes a part of the family. Yeah, and they like instantly start just unloading their personal their personal history of their entire life. It's like she was just serving you eggs 10 minutes ago, and now... So he's in the house, he's holed up, he's hiding from the cops, hiding from the bad people of Texas. Yeah, you're right. Now they're going to go on a walk around the property. Beautiful property she has, beautiful location. Mm-hmm. What I love is not just that they're sharing each other's past and stories or whatever. 
I believe there's a beautiful song playing that I think is just a gorgeous montage of, of a song. And the lyrics are literally from the song are talking about the very thing that they're doing. I think it's just something like listen to what the girl has to say or something like that. We don't have any ties here. You tell me and I'll tell you. Okay, let's go for a walk, says Chuck. Let's share everything. So she's saying, like, you know, I never had a family and da-da-da. And when I married Howard, I had a ready-made clan, she says. And then listen. I heard these words once before in another time and place. Ryan, I'm getting emotional. You need to stop it. I want to hear the chorus. I can hear you. That's right. I can hear you, girl. I can hear you, girl. I can hear you, girl. <laughs> and then it stops just like that. I can hear you, girl. Oh, man. That just gets me getting real misty over here. I dare say, I'm not saying, Jack, you have any problems with, with the old lady and your bedtime routine. But if you played that to your old lady, you just might have child number two coming up. I'm telling you right now. I mean, yeah, it'd be, just be over. She wouldn't stand a chance. All right, so now Chuck is on trial, or at least he's at a town hall meeting. I don't know what you think you've heard, boy. There's a whole room full of people here that's going to deny it. I don't give a damn about your moonshine, your ripoffs, or any other part of this town. All I want to know is where my brother is. Brother? Who's your brother? <laughs> he came into Texas City yesterday. <laughs> okay. He cracks that joke. There's some chuckles in the crowd in the court. He's like, yeah, yeah, okay, I know. It was funny, but yeah. be quiet now. I know. I'm a very funny guy. So Chuck obviously asks, he ain't being fooled by this. His brother's missing. He takes off again. All and, these uh, fights in this movie are just a series of people like rolling around together. Yeah, so Chuck runs away. The whole town is after him. He's literally beating up the whole town in this moment, in this sequence. You're right. There's some rolling around going on. There's one rolling around scene. I don't understand it. It's, uh, again, makes me highly uncomfortable. There's that music. There you go. Look at this. Are they kissing or? A little bit, man. Yeah, it's getting weird. There was less shown in Brokeback Mountain than there is here. Yeah, like, why does he have such a hard time with this guy? It's like he's like the fry cook from the restaurant. And like, yeah, he needs a two by four and just knocks him over the head. I do love this. Look at that. Oh, yeah. He gone. He he got, thank you. I needed that from you. I love when you do that. (laughs) Okay, that was a good little kick there. That guy went flying. Oh, yeah. This is what I mean. Every hit, they're out. People are just out. Look at this high flying chops, chop sueys, everything. They all come at him like, did they put out a notice to every house, like, go attack this guy? Yeah, how do they know who to attack? One individual per fight. Oh, this guy's going to stick him. I'm going to get you. I'm going to stick it. He's got a pitchfork. Get you, boy. This is a funny looking guy, too, eh? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. <laughs> hi-ya, hi-ya, hi-ya. There you go. That's that's probably the best combo the film so yeah. far we've had there. Chuck just laying waste these people. This is the problem with these films. There's too much. There's there's too much. To, there's it's so tough, many different. Man. There's so many incredible scenes. We do want to showcase the. Did we showcase the scene yet with the uncomfortableness of the grandpa and the grandson? Oh, the grandpa, or, my favorite scene. Guys, if you have Tubi, which everyone does, because we may have to have a part two one day. No, we, we can't. We can't do part two. I mean, we we can't torture our. I mean, we can't. There's just too much. But there's a whole sequence in the junkyard where the guy's yelling from the helicopter to his buddy in the junkyard, trying to give him directions. It's just there's just it's too the grand, much. There's the grandson. Yeah, I got it. I got it. I'm gonna. 
When your grandfather has a quart of whiskey in him. So the grandpa's asking, did Chuck sleep in the van with your mother? I.e., did they have coitus? Why didn't and, they just sleep in the house? Well, they didn't want to wake up the sun. Boy. With their passionate lovemaking? Oh, of course. Okay. But smart. The, the poor grandson is on grandpa's knee and he's wearing grandpa's hat on his head. And the boy's way too old for this kind of contact. So, yeah, know. like they have a problem with hear, him hearing sex in the other room, but they don't have a problem with his grandfather diddling him with a fifth of scotch in him. And he goes, did you sleep in the van? Like, I, that's weird. Is that indicating that Chuck and the mother would have had a, some sort of menage a trois yeah. with... I mean, with anything, like- anything goes in Texas City, Ryan. You know, that is the vilest thing that anybody ever said to me. I can do better than that. Your daddy and I had a love. He hated your guts! See? He says, your daddy and I had a love... And then he hugged the boy in a really creepy way. Are we honestly led to believe that he was a this guy was molesting his son and now he's hugging the grandson the same way at the same age? Oh, okay. Ooh, maybe. I'll go that route. Because he goes, but he turned that hate onto himself. Turned that hate on himself. And because of you, he's dead. We shared a dream. You destroyed him because you couldn't corrupt him. You and your incessant complaints and your constant demands caused him to leave this house. You answer me, boy. Did your mama sleep in that bed? Did you, boy? Oh, get out of my house! Oh, what are you doing there? Oh, no. I'm on the behalf of Like a prequel kind of movie. Find out what happened to Tex and the judge. And there's a lot of questions I have. There's too many. There's too many questions. Chuck gets arrested. The reason being is because when he was in that junkyard, he did a kick on one on uh, Yarnell's brother, Sybil Jack's brother, right? Right. In the junkyard. Uh, he kicked him so hard that he killed him. Is that what happened? Yeah, he killed him in the junkyard. I thought he got hit him with something, so, but he just kicked him. He just kicked him. Just the strength of that kick. Killed Sybil Jack's brother. So now he's in jail for murder, according to the judge, and he's going to be executed at a later time. This is why this movie is called Breaker Breaker. What's her name again? Arlene. She gets out of the grass with the cop herself. She gets on a motorcycle. She gets away with some great chase, car chase that's going on. She gets a hold of a CB radio. And the CB radio has come back into play. And she calls out to all the truckers that can hear her that JD is in trouble at Texas City. And the big finale to this film, Jack, is all the truckers, they commit murder. Yeah, they just turn into murderers for this guy. I feel like it's like four or five of them. They just keep showing the same ones. And the town is so shitty. When they just drive through, the vibrations, just like the buildings start to collapse. So let's listen to her making the call first. But the finale is probably the greatest finale in the world. And what I love is that Chuck's in jail. And I was actually thinking, how is Chuck going to get out of jail? He's behind bars. He's going to be executed the next day. Arlene saves the day in their own right. It's Arlene. She's the hero, man. She really is the hero. Very forward thinking for Chuck. Yeah, she sees a cop car. She cries in relief. Uh, yeah, it's pretty crawling right now. Not too bad. I, know, I thought she was a, a good-looking woman. I thought she was fine in this film. It's too yeah, bad she didn't cute. get more roles. Oh, she's cute. Yep. There we go. Hello? Hello, somebody out there? This is uh, Arlene Trimmings in Texas City. They've got a, a trucker by the name of J.D. Dawes that's in jail. Please, you've got to help him. They're going to kill him. Uh, 10 force, we think. What I love about this is 
for all we know, JD has, you know, he's murdered somebody or he's he's committed a capital crime for all we know. And it's a legit execution. Let's say JD really did kill somebody, legit murdered the child. And so they're going to execute him by state law. They can give him execution. Why would all the truck drivers just assume, okay, let's just break this guy up because he's a fellow truck driver? Where's yeah. their, Where's their evidence that they're going to do what they're going to do? And not only are we going to break him out, we're also going to start killing people. <laughs> Just out of the blue, we're going to become murderers. They all get on the radio and they're all excited. How about it, guys? Any you 18 wheelers out there? Let's yeah, go. Breaker, breaker. It's a humdinger mud slapper. Over. Yeah, hop on. Want to kick some ass and take names later? And they're not kidding. They are going to kick ass. These truckers take no prisoner. Yeah, they don't just take names. They kill people. If I mention that. Not just men. They ran over women. Mm-hmm. Are we led to believe this town, the whole purpose of this town was just to be corrupt and evil, that everyone that lives here, minus the mother here, Arlene and her son, that everyone else is evil? Is that what we're led to believe? I think so. Yeah, it's easier that way. Okay. So there's a great sequence here of all the rigs coming in, and they're riding like you would in a Transformers film. I think Michael Bay stole this. Yes. So look, you got a woman here playing cards with her boyfriend. People just hanging out. They're hearing the thunder rumbles of the trucks coming, and the trucks indeed do come. Here we go. They're in the town. They're driving through. They're taking down buildings. Buildings are exploding. They're driving through the gas station. The guy says, it's a drive-through gas station. He drives through it. It doesn't matter if you're man, woman, or child. There could be somebody in the general store. There could be a mother with a kid in the general store. They don't care. They just drive through it. Just whatever they want. Why do they even let Chuck Norris out of the jail? I thought that too, because his job was to execute JD. Why okay. didn't they just do it in the jail cell? Like behind, They could have literally just shot at him behind the bars. You couldn't get away like shooting fish in a barrel, shooting Chuck in a barrel. Yeah. I guess they didn't want to clean up the mess. It's easier to kill him outside because of the brain splatter or whatever. With the Oh, here we go. So, okay. Uh, Arnie. So, Sybil Jack is telling his cousin, the truckers are here. They're coming. He tries to wrestle the gun away from the bad guy, Wade. The gun goes off and shoots Chuck, but no bullet can stop Chuck. He felt it, but it didn't kill him. Did he graze him? Did it actually shoot him in the stomach? I think we're led to believe it might have been a through and through on his left hip. Yeah. Okay. No vital organs. Thank God. In reality, if a bullet hit him that closely in his gut area, the amount of damage from something, whether his hip bone would have been blown out or something. but You couldn't do karate after that. Well, Chuck can. Only Chuck can do karate with all that hip movement with a hip injury. But here, here's the gunshot. Oh, no. How many times has this been done in film where you have two people struggling with a gun and it goes off? I think it started with this movie, right? I was going to ask you, when was the first time that this happened where you have two people struggling with a weapon? It goes off in between the two bodies. We don't know who got hit until the one person falls away. It's, It's a cliche thing that happens so much in film and TV. But you got to figure 1977, Breaker Breaker, Yeah, what film did it before Breaker Breaker? Yeah, I don't think there was. I think we all know where it started now. (laughs) As far as I'm concerned, this is the earliest version I've seen of it. So Mm -hmm. as far as I'm concerned, Breaker Breaker started the Autobots and started this. Here's Sybil Jack's death right here. That that music, what's that music? Somber church music. Um. Um. Um, 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 it's getting dark, Wade. Oh, simple, simple. Jack. I hate to he, see him go. <laughs> I really do hate to see him go. He was the real heart of this town, and now they've killed the one true soul. The one true good person in this town has been killed. I love that music, it's so good. So, Billy's alive, Jack. Oh, thank God, man. I was starting to worry. 
So okay. they just like tortured this kid for a couple of days. He's bloodied up, clothes are ripped up. I dare say he might have been assaulted. I don't want to say it, but perhaps. So Chuck comes in, sees his brother being physically assaulted by Strode with a gut shot wound. Yeah. So his brother's been kicked three or four times. Chuck sees it. Now watch the superhuman strength that Chuck has. Watch this. That music. Look at that. Man. Could you imagine having that kind of power? No, no, no one can. Of course, those buildings, again, the workmanship, I'm just not, I think a Toyota Corolla could have knocked this town down, not just 18 wheeler. So Chuck saves Billy. Sorry. Look at their lover's embrace here. This is, again, Brokeback Mountain has nothing on this film. Might be something going on here. Watch this embrace. This is pretty bad. (laughs) Who took you so long? (laughs) Look at that. Did you see that? Look at this. Look at this. They just love each other. Be right back. back. Look at this. Your brother, that was your your old host on the Rocky show, right? Yep. Y'all ever embrace like that? (laughs) Oh, man. I don't even know how they acted that. They're not even brothers in real life. This is two actors. They've met on the set. They only known each other no more than 11 days. (laughs) Yeah. Using the word actors pretty loosely. (laughs) How dare you? Early in his career, man. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. I know we know Chuck becomes a better actor. He's a thespian. I love how Strode watches them embrace. I think he's like, oh, this is even too gay for me. I, I, yeah, I can't. I'm getting the hell out of here. <laughs> he walks away from this. Boys, it's time we waste this town. Okay, so now they're like, it's not enough, boys. So now the, the truck drivers literally, they go through every building. Destroy the town. There's still people in that in that building. They didn't all get yeah. out. That's property damage, you know? I think there's one scene, I don't know if we miss it, but there's a truck that shows them chasing down people. And we're led to believe he ran over the people. It's just done off screen. There's the drive through gas station sequence. It, mm, now you know, you got a gas leak. Yeah. Fire. There's a sequence coming up where the truck is chasing down people and the people are running through fire everywhere. Now uh, Chuck is, oh yeah, this fight is pretty drawn out. So these guys fight for a bit in the hay. He's got a, a hay, what do you call those hay hauler things? You, the hooks, yeah, he's going to like hook them. Yeah, he tries to hook Chuck. You don't do that. No, you don't do that. More, more rolling around. Good groin action there on Chuck. They're having a roll in the hay, man. Literally, they're rolling in the hay. Oh, yeah. you're right. Men in jeans rolling around. Brother love. Everything. It's it's amazing. Oh, the old dirt in the face trick. Strode throws a tire at him. Oh, no. And that really hurt Chuck. That tire. Yeah, like, that's always been Chuck's kryptonite. I love how Strode throws a tire at him and then just walks away. Like, here's the meditation. I think what we're led to believe here is Chuck is being manhandled by this cop. But after this meditative sequence, that's it. He ain't going down no more. Just like what Rocky said in, in Rocky 2, I ain't going down no more. Why is this guy giving him such a good fight? I, I don't Strode know. Strode versus Chuck Norris. I, I don't know. The tire hit, everything. But again, this is the second time the bad dude, the bad cop, has had the ability to shoot and or kill Chuck, but walks away for round yeah. three. So here we go. Chuck is now going to meditate. Call back to his uh, third eye training. The music, I love it. There you go. That's it. Now he's all better. That's that's your callback. He just meditated the, the bullet out of his stomach too. So the guy in the helicopter that was running the film tries to get away by the helicopter, but the rig's like, no, this is probably $50,000 budget here. This rig driving through the helicopter sequence. Look at this. Yeah, this is a good explosion. It's decent. Yeah. I, I wonder what the cost was. Yeah, that's a lot of their budget, man. Hope it was worth it. If it was worth it to me, I don't know about you. So the truck drivers are feeling pretty good about themselves. So they've asked on their CB radios, 
where is the judge? Now, how do they know this guy exists? Why would they even know this guy exists? Yeah, like how do they know the history of this town? <laughs> Basically, they've decided the five truck drivers and the trucks have decided, hey, Chuck's dealing with Strode. We've destroyed the town. We've, we've killed all the civilians. We have literally murdered mm-hmm. every civilian. But the judge and his wife are left. I think they just thought like, well, there's only like 20 houses here. So let's just run them all over. Because they asked the question, where's the judge? They got there and that's why they're here. And the judge just finished making love to his wife. And the truck drivers are like, I hope you had a good time, judge, because your life is now over. You're done, son. What's that noise, Joshua? <laughs> so I guess now, he's dead. He <laughs> really to the listener, how incredible this film is. I, I just don't feel like I'm doing it any justice. I don't know if people understand just how good this film is. Yeah, sometimes you just gotta, gotta leave it up to them to actually just go watch the thing. I assure you people, no matter what we've said or done regarding this film, you have to experience it still. So now Strode is at the horse ranch or the ring or whatever, the riding ring drinking whiskey or tequila or whatever, waiting for Chuck for the final round. Like they know they have to end this fight. That This has got to end somewhere. This is the last round. Before they fight though, we see this horse prancing around. And did yeah. you notice that the horse mimicked the fighting that Chuck was doing or was Chuck drawing strength and image from the horse's movements to fight Strode at the end? I didn't get any connection. I was so confused by the horse. I'm like, what the hell? See, I'm not that smart, man. I don't get this little subtle. They keep cutting to the horse. We'll just play it out. Tell me if there's not a better composition you could have for a final fight in a martial arts film. This music is key. I love it. I absolutely love this. (laughs) Look at the horse's eyes. Kind of creepy, eh? (laughs) See, the horse kicks forward. Chuck kicks forward. Horse moves. Watch, watch the horse moves. Watch Chuck's movements. How incredible is this soundtrack? It's not bad. Horse moves forward. Chuck moves forward. Boom. Uh, like, but why? All of a sudden, he has inspiration from a horse. <laughs> all of a sudden he has some connection with a horse it's a spirit animal we just established that in the last minute of the movie so here we go final punches here's a good kick there you go there's the chuck kick a little bit of high kick the horse and the, the chuck are just one here here's a good roundhouse boom there you go that should do her right that should do it is that the last one you would think but the horse says no no See, now Chuck was not going to be fooled by that dirt throw again. He dodged that one easily. That's a good kick there to the guy's face. Chuck turns his back on Strode. I don't know if he should turn it just yet. I don't think it's over. What do you think? Perhaps not. Strode gets up. Now, he does the slow motion. Does. And that really pisses off Dodds. I don't think he likes being called that. No, he doesn't like name calling. You son of a bitch! Dodds does not like that. Chuck does not like that. Here we go. Horse is preparing. See, look, they cross each other. The spirit animal. See, this is it. The, oh, this is now. the killing kick. The killing kick. See, the horse and Chuck connected. Oh. Now, is that a kill shot? Are we led to believe that's a death kick? That was harder than the one he gave the guy at the uh, junkyard. Here you go. <laughs> the horse is satisfied. He yeah, responds the horse to the agrees. horse. 
why are they connected here? The why why that connection between the horse I don't and know. Chuck? Right, I don't know. Does Chuck, Chuck responds to the horse name? Chuck looks at it and goes, Yeah. And the horse breaks free from the ring after after the mission's done. And what I love is the town's in flames. The horse broke free to become a wild stallion again. And then we get the voiceover of Judge Trimmings, what this town could have or should have yeah, been. the simpler times when everyone was happy. What's that all about? I hope you feel bad for them. Be the people who have labored so hard, who have sacrificed so much, and who have kept the faith so long have been granted a momentous goal. The state of California has granted us a city charter. And now that city's in flames. That's the end of the film. Yeah, it just ends. Okay. <laughs> there you go. There's Breaker Breaker. And then the movie ends with just the CB radio chatter. Just the truckers go about in their life. They just continue their life. Mm-hmm. Final thoughts there. It was fine. It was a little bit better than I thought it was going to be, but I was expecting something to be pretty pretty rough. It is so good that it's bad. It is one of those, I know it's cliche to say that, and it's a bit of a scapegoat. We could criticize the film for, yes, of course, none of it makes sense. We kind of established that the town exists in the way it does, the way it operates. It couldn't. The FBI would be there in a heartbeat. Like, what are you guys doing? You're a criminal racket. It's almost like the city has immunity. If it happens in Texas City, if you get paralyzed in Texas City by stroke. You can't touch it. It's like murder is still a federal crime. (laughs) I know. You could have your own bylaws in your city. Okay, sure, I guess. You can't paralyze people arbitrarily. Yeah. It's like if you're in your neighborhood, you can't do whatever you want just because the HOA says you can. There are still right. laws. There's still laws. So anyways, but not in this film. I just love it. The truckers come in and I guess they play by the same rules. I guess they figured, hey, you guys don't have the laws re- regarding the rest of the state of California or America. Well, we'll play by those rules too. And they came in and those truckers murdered uh, what at least 150 people. Yeah. If y'all aren't going to follow the rules and the laws of the country, then neither are we. In your uh, ranking here, Breaker Breaker or, or Invasion USA, which one do you think is a overall better film? Oh, man. It's like Sophie's Choice. I shouldn't do that to you. I apologize. Invasion USA. Yeah, I think so. I think ultimately, yeah. Invasion USA. Yeah. But hey, you know, we're just scratching the surface on Chuck Norris, man. We might have to do a ranking later. There's still a lot more to do. We've got, was it My Name is Black or something? The Man in Black? I have no uh, idea. Whatever you send me next, I'll have never seen. <laughs> I watched Sidekicks when I was young. I know that Chuck Norris movie. Oh, there you go. I was going to say, was the first Chuck Norris film you ever saw, Expendables Part 2? <laughs> yeah, I mean, close to it. Oh, man. I'm laughing, but I think I'm the same way. I love Chuck. Breaker Breaker was a fun film. George Murdoch played Joshua Trimmings. I think he was the highlight. Like, If there was a, an encyclopedia picture or something about chewing up the scenery of a film, he's got to be in the discussion of chewing up the scenery. Yeah, I mean, he's just so insane. He, he played a great villain, probably more so than the Invasion USA villain, but that was a good villain too. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah, so Chuck knows that he's got to pick good villains to carry the film a little bit. So Yuri Testikoff, if, for any Seinfeld fans out there, go check oh, it out. Oh, wow. Wow, look yeah. at that. Well, as always, Jack, it's an absolute pleasure. Uh, thank you to everyone who actually made it through the end of this episode. We had a few live viewers come and go. We have, So we'd like to thank those who joined us. I don't blame them for not sticking around the whole time. It, it's a lot to get through. I do. How I dare you? Well, maybe they'll catch it on the audio version. But, uh, maybe so. All right. Well, thank you, Jack. Let us know what we can expect next for the Drunk Bomb podcast. I recorded You Only Live Twice. I'm hoping to do the rest of the movies by the time the year is up. That's go. my pledge to you. All right. Wow. Okay. Well, when that comes in, you'll get the cut of the check. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. I could use the cash, man. 
Could we all? All right, guys. Everyone, thanks for listening. Check out my shows, the Ramble Rocky Series podcast on the same feed and all the other great shows on the network. We appreciate everyone enjoying our uh, our Chuck Norris coverage. More to come. There will be more to come. Can't wait. <laughs>